Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I want to talk to you today about Jehovah Shalom. Would you say his name with me? Jehovah Shalom. Let's say it again together. Jehovah Shalom. And this name, Jehovah, the I am that I am, Shalom. And I'll unpack that word for you in just a moment. This revelation of the name of God, who he is, is found in the book of Judges chapter 6. And let me read for you. I'm going to read a number of verses. They will be on the screens for you. But I wanted to set the entire context for this today as we look at the revelation of the name Jehovah Shalom. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Very important statement. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds whenever the Israelites planted their crops. The Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Verse 6, Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the land or the hand of the Egyptians. And I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But notice this, you have not listened to me. There's the crux of the problem. You didn't listen to me. Instead of worshiping me, God says, and me only, you embrace the gods of the Amorites and those around you and worship idols. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash Abrazite, where his son Gideon, here we now are introduced to this character that's very important to today's story, Gideon, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened and where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but... How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I've found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that I, 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 really, I know that it's really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat 
and the unleavened bread and place them on, the, on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, what's the word? Peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abrazites. That statement, the altar that was built, as it says in verse 24, it was named the Lord is peace in the original language that is Jehovah Shalom. There that day, Gideon experienced the Lord who is Shalom, the Lord who is our peace. I want to share with you today lessons that will help us to embrace and experience Jehovah Shalom in each of our lives in a new and fresh way. Number one, God wants you to experience His peace. This is what we see according to Scripture. We see that God wants you, that's a very important pronoun there, not someone else. We have a tendency to project the promises of God onto someone else. Well, maybe they deserve it, I don't, but I want you to hear today that God wants you to not just mentally know about the concept of peace, He wants you, say the word with me, to experience peace. Very different thing to be able to define peace mentally or even from a dictionary uh, uh, rather than simply knowing what peace is. I would prefer to experience peace and not be able to define it than rather define it and not be able to experience it. How about you? Okay. So the reality of peace is something that God wants to bring to your life. And so in this passage that we read from Judges chapter 6 a few moments ago, as I said, the Lord introduced himself to Gideon and to us as Jehovah Shalom. And so this word Shalom is a very important word. What does it mean? The Lord is our peace. Well, this Hebrew term for Shalom is a very rich, very comprehensive, exhaustive term. It's far more than just hope you feel good. It's not just a feel-good thing. It goes much deeper than that. Actually, the Hebrew word for shalom speaks of wholeness and contentment and satisfaction and security. It speaks of the absence of war, the absence of conflict, the absence of tension, the absence of distress, the absence of stress, the absence of worry, the absence of anxiety, being at a place of total security in your life. In fact, that word is still used often today and synagogues around the world. And if you go to Israel, you will often hear people say to you as a greeting, Shalom. Not just a hope you feel good, but I pray that you'll be whole and contented and satisfied and secured. And there'll be an absence of war and conflict and tension and stress and distress and anxiety and worry in your life. I think I'm a candidate for Shalom. How about you? Do you need some of that in your life? Okay. Well, the story of Gideon is a story of God bringing shalom to a man. He experiences it. And ultimately to an entire nation, a nation is going to experience the shalom of God. And we learn some valuable lessons from this. But before I lay out the lessons that we learn, I want to remind you that God has always wanted peace for his people. 
God wants you to live in peace. In fact, you'll remember the story of how the children of Israel were led out of Egyptian slavery after 400 years, and Moses led them to the Red Sea, and God made a way where there was no way, and they went across the Red Sea on dry ground, and they head toward the Promised Land. Ultimately, 40 years later, they make it into the Promised Land, and I want you to listen to what God said to his people when they made it into the Promised Land in Leviticus 26.6. He says, I will give you peace in the land and you will be able to sleep with no cause for fear. I will rid the land of wild animals and keep your enemies out of your land. God says, now that you're in the promised land, I don't want you just to be in the land. I want you to have peace where? In the land. Here are three things you need to know about this peace. Number one, it's made possible and promised to us by Jesus. You can't have peace apart from Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so to have real peace, this shalom of God, you need a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And in fact, Jesus himself made this promise of peace to us also. In John 14, he's getting ready to go to the cross for crucifixion, will ultimately rise from the dead, ascend back to the right hand of God the Father. He's talking to his disciples and to us as well. He says, I am leaving with you. I'm going away back to heaven, but I'm leaving with you a gift. What is the gift? Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid who gives this gift Jesus gives this gift he says I give you a gift so the gift of peace the gift of shalom comes no other way except through the pathway of Jesus and then we learn according to scripture that this peace is to be as I mentioned a moment ago a, per, a very real personal experience again not a concept in your mind but an experience in your life something that you know in your own life and can experience it not just an imagination of something let's take us back again to this passage that we're going to look at multiple times today in Philippians chapter 4 I'm reading from the living bible don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers if you do this you will experience notice what will happen you will not just know about you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand his peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus so it comes through Jesus it's something that he wants you to experience, and it's something also that needs to be a reality in your relationships, because you not only need peace personally, but you need peace in the relationships of your life. So you can be at peace yourself, but that peace is not going to remain very long if you have troubled relationships. And so peace permeates not only our own life that we experience it, but in the relationships of our life. That's why the Apostle Paul gives us this instruction in Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do, to put your whole heart into doing what leads to peace and a mutual edification. And so we must understand that God's plan for your life is peace. Would you say together with me, God's plan, say it with me, God's plan for my life is peace. Here's the second lesson for today. Although God's plan for our life is peace, here's reality. Peace is not always present. God wants it for you and for me, but the problem is it's not always present. I think we would all agree that we live in a fairly non-peaceful world, okay? 
There's a lot of trouble around us. I mean, all you need to do is read the news. You see all the trouble that's going on in the world around us. This is not a peaceful world. And oftentimes we don't live peaceful lives. And so while God wants us to experience peace, it's not always a reality. And we must remember that a person without God is a person without peace, and a world without God is a world without peace. People talk about, oh, when are we going to ever have world peace? Let's pray for world peace. Well, we certainly should pray for world peace, but let me tell you when world peace is going to come. When the Prince of Peace returns again and sits on his throne and rules forever and ever, then suddenly we'll know what real peace is all about. Until that time, we have an agitator that exists in our world. He's called the devil, and he loves to stir things up. As Christians, we can be in the promised land that is have salvation in our lives but not be living in the peace of God. There are a lot of us even as Christians that know Christ, understand something about his word, but we're still living overwhelmed with a lack of peace, with worry and fear, and it troubles all of us from time to time. I'm not exempt from it, and neither are you. You and I must learn how to enter into the peace that God has planned for each one of us. And that leads me to my third point today. Following God's process is what leads to God's peace. You can be a Christian and not have peace. Anybody can testify to that reality, right? So how do we get this peace that Jesus promised? How do we receive the gift? How do we unpack the gift of peace in our lives? Well, it happens when we follow God's process. So there's a process in place. And in Judges chapter 6, we see God stepping into the lives of his people to restore peace, not only to Gideon, but to the entire nation. Even though Israel was responsible for losing the peace because they had not listened to God. We read that a moment ago. They were the reason that they no longer had peace. But nevertheless, God steps in and says, I'm going to bring about a process that will restore peace to your lives. And I'm here to tell you today, and I hope that you'll hear this with faith in your heart, that today can be your day when peace comes to live in you. Peace can be freshly reestablished in your life. If you've lost your peace recently and you're worrying about something, you're anxious, you're afraid, you're troubled by something, and you can't find rest on the inside, today can be your day if you'll follow the process. And God chose Gideon. He said, Gideon, I'm going to make an example of you. And he chose Gideon. I'm going to make something out of you. I'm going to bring peace to you. And out of the peace that I bring to you, peace will come to the nation. And so Gideon had to experience a renewal of God's peace personally before he could be used by God to bring peace to the nation around him. And that's how God always starts. If you want peace in a family, maybe peace needs to start with you. Amen. If you want peace in your business, maybe, maybe peace needs to start with you. And this is exactly what happens. God needed someone that he could start the process with. And God said, Gideon, I chose you. I want peace in my land. But to get peace in my land, I need peace in a man first. And so when I get it in the man, I can get it in the land. So peace in any place happens when people in that place begin to discover peace. So when you first meet Gideon in the passage, let's go back just for a minute and remember what we, how we meet him. Do you remember where Gideon was when we first met him? The Bible says that he was in a cave. And he was threshing out a little bit of wheat. 
back in this cave because he knew he got a little bit of wheat. And what were the Midianites doing every time the harvest would come in? They would come in and steal all the harvest. And so Gideon got a little bit of food for his family and he runs into a cave and he begins to thresh out, gets all the the bad stuff away so that the wheat that, that he needs for his family can be usable. And there he is hiding in a cave in fear and in worry. And God found him in the midst of his fear. If you're in fear today, you're in a cave today emotionally, God knows right where you are. Amen. He knows right where you are. And he found this anxious, fearful man. And God intervenes in this moment and led him through a process that brought him to peace. And let me walk you through this process that will bring, that brought Gideon to peace and will bring you to peace as well. Here are things that must happen. Number one, you've got to believe that peace is God's plan for you. We've already said that, but I want to reiterate it. You must believe today that living in worry and living in fear and living in anxiety is not God's highest plan for your life. What is God's plan for your life? Help me out, church. What is God's plan for your life? Peace. Peace. Jesus said, I give you peace. So that's God's, you've got to believe that that's true for you. The second thing that's necessary is you've got to get right with God. Okay, this is always essential. This is what happened with Gideon. He had to reestablish his relationship with God. Israel had to reestablish her relationship with God. And the same is true for you and me. If you're walking away from God, you're not going to have any peace, okay? If you're living life your own way and you're disregarding God, not going to have any peace. Don't try, to be, don't try to be disobedient and peaceful at the same time. just doesn't work, okay? So you have to get lined back up with God again. Say, Lord, I'm coming back. Here's the beautiful thing. If you're walking away from God today, all you need to do is turn around and walk right back to him. You don't have to worry whether he's going to accept you or not. He's already said, if you'll come back to me, I'll receive you unto myself. And so there's this choice that we make to come back to God, and maybe there's someone here today or someone listening today that that's where you are. You're, you're not, you, you have no peace in your life because you've been walking a distance from God. So get right with God. Come back to God today. Here's the next thing that's necessary. You and I need to open our heart and mind to a new perspective of our problems, and that perspective needs to be God's perspective. This is exactly what happened with Gideon. He's in this little cave. He's threshing out a little bit of food for his his family. He's afraid. He's worried. How am I going to take care of my family? And he's living in this cave of darkness. And God shows up and says, oh, mighty man of valor. Now think about that for a moment. Would that make you scratch your head? <laughs> Who are you talking to? You're not, certainly not talking to me, right? I don't feel very much like a mighty man of valor, but God saw something in Gideon that Gideon didn't see in himself. And God called Gideon to be something that Gideon never thought he could be himself. And there in that moment, God speaks to Gideon and he says, I want to give you a new perspective. You feel like you're defeated. I say you're a mighty warrior. You see the perspective of the Midian stealing from you, but I want you to rise up and to, to make a stand against the enemy of Israel, and I will be with you, and there will be victory. I want your perspective to change. Let me tell you this morning, you heard me say it before. You've probably said it before yourself or heard others say it. God is bigger than any problem you have in your life, okay? He is bigger. He's greater. He's stronger. And so this perspective needed 
to change. Here's the next thing that had to occur for Gideon. You've got to believe in the ability of God to do what you can't do. Gideon said, God, you don't, who are you talking to? I, I, I'm, I'm nobody in my family. I'm the least of the least of the smallest tribes of Israel. You certainly wouldn't want me. And God says, not about you. I just need a vessel. I just need somebody that I can use. And so Gideon, would you just believe that I can do what you can't do? Okay. That I can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Would you believe in my ability? Don't trust in your ability, but trust in my ability. You've got a big problem in your life today. God says, would you just look at me instead of the problem? And would you believe that I can do what you can't do in your life? Would you believe that? And then there's another thing that was necessary as well to rest in the assurance the assurance of God's care and God's power. Just now getting just go do what I'm going to tell you to do and just rest and know that I'm with you and we're going to get this thing done. Victory and peace will come. I'm going to take you back once again to Philippians chapter 4. Look at it one more time with me. Actually, we'll look at it a couple more times today. I want you to pay close attention that here's the process. Why do we not have peace in the land but we don't have peace? right here. Don't worry about you guys awake this morning? (laughs) Don't worry about I'm going to keep doing this till everybody helps me, okay? So we'll just let the 11 o'clock service wait outside if we have to, all right? Instead, don't worry about anything. Is that what it says? Are you sure? Don't worry about anything. Instead, there's a change point here. Pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answer. If you do, if you do what? If you do this, you will experience, not just know about mentally, be able to explain the concept of, but you'll experience God's peace, God's shalom. You'll experience Jehovah shalom in your life, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace, shalom, will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you Trust in Christ Jesus. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, 
When we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.